Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Alexis. We had five kids in seven years. People think we're crazy, and sometimes we think they might be right. But most of the time, we love it. We hope this is a place where you can learn to be a better parent, but without taking yourself too seriously. Whether you're a new parent or have a few years under your belt, we hope you can find something new to think about. Or laugh about. After all, this is Parenting in Real Life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 96 of Parenting in Real Life. Oh, we were going to bounce back and forth. Oh, dang it. Start again. In, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to episode 96 of Parenting in Real Life. That was our 15th try to get that right. (laughs) Only our second. Okay. (laughs) So our Parenting in Real Life moment today is... Uh, Sunday selfie gone wrong. Ugh. What are all the S's? So <laughs> before I go into any more, I got braces last week and it is, I feel like it's really affecting my speech. I think in recordings, it doesn't sound as bad. So hopefully. We hope. Yeah. hopefully, Cause this is going to be me for a year. So <laughs> but I have bite blockers in to help fix my TMJ, which is anyway, that is, so that's a, look it up. It's a jaw issue. So anyway, it's making it. So I have a lisp. So. I'm hoping it goes away, they said, in the next few weeks. And if not, luckily, I don't have to have these in for the next year, just a couple months. So, yeah. enjoy. Yeah. But anyway, back to our Sunday selfies gone wrong. I've been trying to do a Sunday selfie. and pretty I Pretty spotty. It's pretty spotty. And I was it, did you tell one of the kids to tell me? Because Lucy comes upstairs and she goes, we need you to do Sunday selfie. I did prompt the kids. Usually, we don't remember until after church. And after church is risky business because half the family is ready to leave the church and the family. <laughs> So it's hard to get smiles. So I thought, let's do it before church. So we did. And of course, there's always one kid who's mad about it. It's like the last couple weeks, it's been Jack. But Jack was actually okay this time. It was Nathan. So he he stands in front of Jack so that we can't see him. So I'm like moving him back. I'm like, no, come over here. So, But of course, he's like fighting me to do it. And then I don't have shoes on. And he backs up right and like totally messes up my Big toenail. Just about takes her toenail off. Oh, it hurts so bad. And I was like, oh, forget it. We're done. <laughs> I wish we would have hit snap right then. So we could have got like the <laughs> swear words captured for posterity. That would have been a good one to post because we're very real life. So <laughs> Yes. But anyway, so it didn't happen because, you know, kids. <laughs> Our parenting hack is go to bed on time. I'm super tired today because we stayed up too late. So if you, I feel like buzzword, that's the word. Okay. I was trying to tell him like, what is it called? When people keep using a certain word, it's called a buzzword. The buzzword right now is revenge, sleep, procrastination. You may have seen this on social media lately. Buzzword. That's three words. I know. It's it's kind of a phrase. Buzz phrase. It's a trending topic. She wouldn't take that. (laughs) I was trying to think of the word buzzword. Anyway, if you've read about it, what it is is like knowing that you need to go to sleep, but you don't want to because... Because it's your you time. Yeah. Nobody's going to mess with your you time, including you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes that's the only time you get. And so you're just like, oh, if I go to sleep now, I lose all my you time because when I wake up in the morning, kids will be there. Yeah. So anyway, we have found that we fall into that trap. And most of the time it's like stupid. Like we're like, okay, let's get upstairs at the right time. And even if we do that, we end up doing... Something else. So we actually set up parental controls 
and made it so we can't use our phones after 930. <laughs> <laughs> we did, well, we turned off like, yeah, all the all the distracting stuff. Yeah, all the social media and everything. Because we kept getting like sucked into reels and we would just keep watching it together. Right. Half hour later, like, shoot, it's 1130. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> well, last week we asked on the podcast, if you show your kids things out the window or if you don't because they never see it and then they get mad. And actually, the majority of people said that they do show their kids when things are out the window. I really liked what Alan's sister said. She's like, oh, I usually do, but then I often regret it. And I'm like, I feel like that kind of sums it up. <laughs> right. Because you always do. You do it instinctively like, oh, that's cool. And then your kid's like, wait, what? Ten minutes later when it's a mile past. I know. And then they're like, we have to turn around. Nope. That's not happening. <laughs> nope. Another fun fact. I was just reading that... 28% of kids are no longer interested in playing sports post-pandemic. And we just talked in episode 92 about extracurriculars. And if you are pushing your kid too much, it looks like 28% of parents were pushing their kids too much. <laughs> <laughs> now, it could be a lot of things, right? It could be that kids found out that being lazy is better than playing sports. But Well, yeah, because all sports were canceled. You couldn't play with friends. What were kids doing? Probably a lot of screen time during the pandemic, right? Everybody. And of course, kids want to do screens rather than running around outside. Most kids. Most kids. Or so. 28% of kids. <laughs> so then it's like, well, then do you push your kids to do sports? Or I guess it depends on your motivation. But go listen to that episode and you can figure out what's best for your family. And now to the main event. Hot mess, hot minute. So the idea for this episode came up because we have some kids who will remain nameless for a minute until we probably start talking about them specifically, but they are rough, both like emotionally and physically on their siblings. And we're a little bit torn because we feel like, is this normal or is this something we should be stopping? When do we step in? And we've heard kind of mixed messages. And so we dug into what is sibling bullying what should you do about it? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Any sneak peeks? Uh, no, that was excellent. But no solutions, no answers. Oh, there's answers. We have to listen to the real some, episode. We got some real answers. So buckle up. <laughs> okay, so before we start talking about if your kid's a bully, I thought it was important to point out the difference between sibling bullying and sibling rivalry because at first alexis was saying it was the same and i was like no it's different well because alan was like oh you know we should look into this topic and i'm like oh sibling rivalry and he's like no not rivalry bullying and so it's yeah for me it's different there is a difference without without knowing what alexis is about to say i think the difference for me is that one is kind of abusive versus just trying to steal attention from a sibling mm -hmm. so we're going to talk about the difference right now. So here's the difference. And this, this is mostly, this is what bullying looks like for, between siblings. Bullying is harmful intent. So there isn't empathy or remorse after, and they don't feel like they did anything wrong. Hmm. So that's the first one. It's often repetitive. So you usually will find like patterns to the things that they're doing. Hmm. There's not a resolution at the end. So normal sibling relationships have warmth and conflict in them. So, like, after they fight, then they'll usually be fine and they can enjoy each other again. However, in bullying, that warmth never presents itself. So, there's never a connection between the siblings. dominating the one and the one feels repressed. Yeah. 
And then the bully is often bigger either physically or mentally. So there's always an imbalance of power and the one being bullied has a hard time defending themselves. So those were the main things in the articles that I read of what identifies the difference between sibling bullying and sibling rivalry. Mm -hmm. So quick hot take Mm -hmm. in our two potential bullying examples in our family. I would say that they meet three of the four criteria. It's hard because, and that was one of the things like in the articles is like, it's kind of a fine line, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, it's kind of hard to know when they've crossed that line into bullying because sometimes they look very similar. I think the hard thing is, is our kids do have times where they get along well. That's the one that doesn't check out. Yeah. They play together. There is affection shown. So we're still And they want to be with each other. These, yeah, especially in one of the cases, like, the one wants to be with him. In fact, a lot of times the abuse is him, the older sibling saying, I don't want to hang out with you. Yeah. And neglecting or ignoring that other kid. Another one of our kids, I feel like just gets angry easily. And so then they lash out. So there's a name calling, there's hitting just so fast. You know, it's like just the tiniest thing will happen. And I think this, this kid yeah. is already feeling a little irritated. And so if anybody says or does anything, then they freak out. They also have a big size advantage over everybody. So they're like, if a little kid freaked out in the same way, it wouldn't do a lot of damage, but because they're so much bigger, it like throws the other kids across the room. Yeah. That's definitely an issue with being bigger physically. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some things you can do. There's also a little bit different steps for older and younger children. Cause I found an article that was mostly for like, Oh, if your toddler is hitting the baby and the toddler is not sad about it, there's different ways to handle that because that's more of like, you know, they're still learning their position in the family. And so I didn't want to focus on that. I wanted to focus on a little bit older kids. So I did put a link in the show notes. So if that's what you're dealing with, your younger toddlers struggling with the baby or whatever, definitely look at that article. But so we'll focus on a little bit older kids who know what they're doing. So we could also talk about the results of bullying and why it should be stopped. I read that it has been well documented that bullying in all forms can lead to an increased risk of both mental and physical health problems in individuals who have been subjected to it at any point in their life. So they could have more depression, more emotional behavior problems. They could have physical symptoms like headaches or stomach aches, bedwetting or sleeping problems. And studies also show that compared to individuals who have never been bullied, those who are subjected to it have some personality traits in common, such as low self-esteem, low assertiveness, higher anxiety levels, and more social withdrawnness. So, I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense. It just got dark. I know. I feel like this is frustrating to me because I'm like, oh, it's not like they're being bullied at school. This is within a family and... just feels a little different. Yeah. And so I did feel like one of the articles specifically was more intense and dark than the others. And so that's where I got this information from. But we're going to go through like the different things that you can do. So I think... Because it almost feels like, oh, well, now they're ruined for life, you know, and they're going to need therapy forever. But Which we all do. Which, I mean, yeah, everyone needs therapy. But here, the next things we're going to go through are just things that you can do in your family to help get rid of the bullying and help build the self-esteem of the kids who are being bullied. So we'll go through those. At the end of this, I'm like, okay, that feels better. These are things we can do and things that we can help our kids do. Yep. So the first one is don't ignore it. And to intervene, because I think 
that has been an issue with Alan and I, like a lot of positive parenting. We're like, just let it happen. They'll figure it out on their own. And I'm like, well, what if they don't figure it out on their own? Right. We, we've tried that and we'll try and like comfort the one that's getting hurt and help them realize, Hey, it's, you're okay. We try and just ignore the negative behavior and focus on the kid that was at the, the butt end of it. But I think at least in our cases, like they just run back into the problem. And so we're not, you know, like that's what, what's been frustrating for me is it's like, well, then they go back and play with that kid and they're back 10 minutes later saying they did it again. It's like, well, yeah, you, they need space, you know? So I, mm-hmm. this all gets really interesting in a family situation. Yeah. So things that you shouldn't ignore are like hitting, name calling, and then other physical or verbal behaviors that shouldn't be tolerated in your family. But don't get sucked into the drama of what is happening I think that's important is, and we've talked about this before on the podcast too, is like as a parent, you have to be the calm, right? Mm -hmm. And so don't get crazy with the kids, you know, just try to figure out in a calm way. And the next steps will help kind of show you how to do that. But there is a point where we should be stepping in. Yep. So the second tip is to enforce disciplinary action. So with the one that's being the bully, you can take away privileges Now, this doesn't always work with older kids, and so maybe have them do extra chores or add responsibilities if they're misbehaving. There is family therapy, so sometimes you just need help, and I think that's great that you need external help. Family therapy can be something where everybody talks together, so the adults are in there. They're learning tips and and how to help uh, moderate. They do need to apologize, so you need to help them realize you did something wrong, and, and you need to apologize. This is another one where you hear both ways, though. Because a lot of times they say if you force a kid to apologize, they don't mean it and it doesn't do anything. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely true. I've definitely seen that in our kids. Like, you say, okay, you need to say you're sorry. And then they, sorry. Right. You know, whatever. It obviously, it's not. Right. It's maybe more right. important to teach empathy, right? Like, oh, man, it looks like that, that hurt. Or you're really scaring your sibling or whatever. That is actually number four. <gasps> Good job. <laughs> You can make that number three. (laughs) Number three, teach empathy, like Alan said. No, teach empathy and respect. So you can show empathy, but also teach them. I think this has actually been helpful. Not in the heat of the moment, but if you can take a step back five minutes later and be like, hey, this is doing X, Y, and Z to your sibling when you do this. They feel really nervous around you. Or they feel, our kids aren't so sociopath that they like, they don't necessarily care in the moment, but they care. Yeah, because especially they'll make comments later about how they feel like their siblings don't like them or they'll want to be with somebody, but they don't want them. So you can tell that they're trying to build these connections, but they're just really struggling to do it. Yep. But so as you're teaching empathy, they always say show empathy towards the victim. And so as you're helping the person who has been hurt or made fun of or whatever, hopefully going to them first helps show the other kid. I'm going to help this kid because you hurt them and they can see that rather than. And that is the, the positive seeking. parenting part, yeah. right? Like you're, you don't want to give direct attention to the person doing the bad thing because that rewards the bad thing. Mm-hmm. So number four is extra supervision. If your kids are really struggling, which is always hard when you have a lot of kids like us, but <laughs> it's like, how do I keep track of everybody? But I think set up situations or something, maybe separate kids if you see they're having a hard time. For us, generally, it's separated. We can't just like sit there with our kids all the time and watch. Yeah. 
they don't want that. They they want to run around and go crazy. Mm-hmm. Number five is introduce them to problem solving techniques. So sometimes they're that way because they just don't know how to deal with the stress and the feelings that they have. Those can be feelings of inadequacy. And so they lash out and that's their coping mechanism. So if you address the feelings and help them replace the bad reactions with good ones, then you can see the the bullying go away. And I think that's really important is that a lot of times our bullies, it still feels like a strong word. Bully feels like such a, a loaded word nowadays. Yeah. So we're calling them bullies, but like obviously bullying is a spectrum. Our bullies are oftentimes just full of emotion and they're big. And, you know, like I, I don't think they're evil people. <laughs> I think they're having kind of natural impulsive reactions and those things are hurting their siblings more than they realize. Mm-hmm. I think the interesting thing about this is the article I read about someone who was struggling with their two boys and the oldest one was being a bully. They were also having issues with them at school. And I think that's the interesting thing about our kids is that sometimes they struggle with their siblings, but they usually don't have issues outside of the home. They get along with their friends. They do really well in school. And so it's just hard to figure out how to get them to be better at home, you know, because it's not just a personality issue. It's like very selective in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So number six is to always treat your kids equally. Also, don't label your children and don't call one kid smart or this is my shy one or whatever. You know, don't give You're them You're always labels. mean. Why are you always so mean to your sibling? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That like... That reinforces the behavior. Yep. And then, of course, point out the good that they're doing instead of focusing on the bad behavior. All kids will do some good things. Sometimes it's harder to find it in some than others, but all the kids will do something good. So it's just important to find that and point it out when they do it. This is my worst step. I feel like I'm bad at labeling our kids. We have our (laughs) whiny kid and our mean kid and our crazy kid i definitely have labels in my head for our kids and it's really hard to not say that yeah so i don't want them to feel that way get those labels out of your head (laughs) it is hard change the i guess you have to change the the narrative yeah change the narrative in your head right just made that up (laughs) maybe give them new identities in your head but still not labels i think that well, I think you have to separate the person from the behavior, right? Yeah. Your kid isn't a bully. They do mean things, right? Like they do bullying things. Mm-hmm. I know I just called my kids bullies. But um, <laughs> the reality is Rewinding it back. they're also very nice and kind and thoughtful sometimes. Sometimes to each other too. It's Sometimes to each other. Not as often as they do it to other kids, but they'll be nice to each other sometimes too. It's always the best when you do find them getting along. You're like... Oh, this is so great. Yeah. <laughs> and they all have good times. For like, sure. Just some of them have also a lot of hard times. Yep. Number seven is to connect with your child. And we hear this a lot. <laughs> and this is hard because time. But also realistically, like if you don't have nine minutes per kid per day, then maybe free up your day. Yeah. So they talk about the nine minute rule, which I really like. They said that the most important times for your kid are when they wake up. When they get home from school and before bed. So if you can just spend three minutes with each each kid during those times, then it helps them feel like you love them and you care about them. So set a mental timer and take those times. Morning is hard. I don't even see my kids in the morning. They just peace out and do their thing. My kids usually wake up before I do too. Well, half of them do. Yeah. But school and school and especially bedtime, I think you can do. We can do. Mm -hmm. Me. I I can do. I can do that. (laughs) 
It's also good to give your kids compliments because then they get compliments from you. Then they experience affection. They just feel more loved in your family. So make sure you're dealing out the compliments heavily. Yep. This is another place where like my little internal labels, because I have good labels for all my kids too, but that's the only time I see them doing good. And so like we have a daughter that just cleans like crazy and I'm really good at rewarding it because I want her to keep that up because it's awesome. (laughs) But she also does other good things. And I think she's catching on to like, oh, all he does is compliment my cleaning, but nothing else, you know? Mm -hmm. So try and keep it fresh. Yeah. Mix it up. Look for a lot of different things that they're doing well and compliment them on. Yep. So remember, your kids are not bullies, but they do bullying things. Yeah. You want to recap those seven things? So if it's really bad, if it's hitting, name calling, or physical and verbal behavior that just shouldn't be tolerated, that's when you step in. You need to enforce disciplinary action. So there needs to be some sort of way for them to realize that that's not okay. Sometimes they need extra supervision. You need to teach them how to feel empathy and respect for others. You need to introduce them to problem-solving techniques that are healthy. Treat all of your kids equally. Don't label them. Make sure to point out when they're good. And then connect with your child, even if it's just for nine minutes a day. Yeah. So now that we've talked about all this stuff, do you feel like our kids are bullies or do you feel like it's sibling rivalry that sometimes goes a little overboard i definitely think we're it's a spectrum and we are on on the spectrum spectrum. (laughs) yeah i i think we our kids push it too far sometimes yeah there's a little bit of a lord of the flies craziness in our house sometimes because life is real and we're not we're we're like the opposite of helicopter parents right we're very back off parents we're not free range parents that's the opposite we, yeah. I feel like we But that's lean, a spectrum and we're on that spectrum. We too. lean more free range than helicopter. But because right. we definitely get involved. We kind of let our kids do whatever they want when they're not in front of us. And then we're very strict when they're in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> At least I am. That's how I am. I'm like, I don't care what you're doing if it's not in front of me. Well, as long as they're not damaging or things or hurting people yeah. or whatever. If I, I, if I don't ever know about it, then it's fine, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes this is where that stuff comes in, right? Is that emotionally they're getting damaged and I'm not close to it. So mm-hmm. I, I think our kids are great kids sometimes. But then other times they're just siblings. And, and for me, it's like I grew up with a brother that would always wrestle me and I'd have to say stop and he would sometimes stop and... And like, I don't know. I just feel like that's part of growing up. I don't have any resentment. I don't think my mental issues come from that. I I, I just like, <laughs> I do think that we can worry too much about sibling, siblings being rough on each other. I think that's part of growing up. And I think it's for most of us, it's a good thing. You just have to watch it and make sure it doesn't get out of hand. Yeah. Especially with, like we said, the name calling, the physical part that goes a little too far. Then I think that part can be damaging and that needs to be monitored monitored you can do all these things but i think a lot of the stuff we should be doing anyway right treating your kids equally connecting with your kids and hopefully that solves a lot of behavior issues that you're seeing when you're doing those types of things with your kids because then they feel more like they have a place in your family and they feel loved and and like you like them like you like being around them you know yep Thanks, everyone, for listening. Alexis, thanks for your great research and your amazing editing. And Alan, thanks for showing up. Happy to help. 
You can follow us on Instagram at Alexis Tanner Lane or find us on our website at alexistannerlane.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, make sure to tell a friend. That's the best way for people to find out about our podcast. And if you haven't already, give us a rating. And as always, a special thanks to our five kids for being kids. I bye. Bye. I bye. I. Oh. I. I. It's a word, Lex. I. I bye. <laughs>